you will please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it can be found on page 978 in the Bibles in front of you. And as you're turning there, I hope you did take note, especially our women of this conference coming up here very soon, the brochure that was in your bulletin. If you'll notice, this is not a, a, a conference that is solely being run by our sister church, Christ Presbyterian Church. This is also our conference. We are partnering with them uh, to host Amy Bird in, and I believe it will be an encouraging time for you, so please mark your calendars. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 17 through 24, our passage of study this morning is verses 20 through 24. This is God's holy, inerrant, authoritative, life-giving word to us this morning. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They have become calloused and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Father, we, we freely confess to you that we lack the strength to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have called us. Help us. Help us as you have shown us here in your word to walk with Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. I can recall being a young boy and getting into a lot of trouble. I got into a lot of trouble for disobeying my parents. I got into a lot of trouble for treating my brother and sister badly. Uh, trouble was, was not too hard for me to find when I was a young boy. And I can remember when I was younger, my parents and even my grandparents would say something uh, to me after I'd gotten into trouble. And it's something that I often say to my children, and maybe it's something said to you or to your children. It goes something like this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't act that way, because that's not how we taught you. That's not how you were raised. <laughs> Am I the only one that's gotten that? Okay, others agree. Okay, great. Okay, good. <laughs> We, we, we've, been, we've been told that our, our whole lives. You know, that's not how we taught you. That's not how you were raised. That's not how God has called you to live and to act. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying here in verse 20. He's telling the Ephesian Christians. He's discipling them. He's, he's loving them. He's, 
He's teaching them. He's guiding them in their walk with Christ. And this is what he's saying to them. He's saying, brothers and sisters, now that you're a Christian, now that you are in Christ, you've been called to walk differently. You've been called to a different life. You must no longer live like a Gentile. You must no longer live ungodly. Because that's not the way you learned Christ, he says. That's not how you were taught. Can't you see the Apostle Paul saying it? That's not how I raised you. That's not the way I told you to live the Christian life. That's not what you heard from me. That's not what I taught you. The principle here is the same principle that it's been throughout Ephesians chapter 4. That those who are in Christ... Those who have been redeemed by his blood, those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ are are called to walk worthy, he says in verse 1. And we have identified that as the call to live a godly life. Because a Christian is one who walks with Christ, is one who has learned Christ and follows him and is obedient to him. So how do we Walk with Christ. What does the Christian walk look like? And so the Apostle Paul reminds them in these verses, and and we too are reminded. The Christian life, the Christian walk involves these three things, he says in this passage. We remember our training. Remember your training. Secondly, we live in the new way. There's a new way we live our lives. And thirdly, we renew our minds. And so let's unpack these things in these verses. The first is the Christian walk involves remembering your training. He states there in verse 20, a a very interesting statement. He says, that's not the way you learned Christ. That statement is in comparison to the verses before that we looked at last week, verses 17 through 19 where he says, essentially, we must no longer live as a godless unbeliever. We must not live like a Gentile. He is juxtaposing what he said there to what he says now. Don't live that way. Live this way. Walk this way. Interesting to note that Paul did not say, remember what you learned about Christ? He says, Remember how you learned Christ. Remember the the person and the work of Jesus Christ. To say that they learned Christ implies that the Christians in Ephesus, they obviously had been discipled by the Apostle Paul. They went through discipleship training with Paul. He was their pastor. He was their Sunday school teacher. He taught them about Jesus. He he taught them about the Christian life. He taught them that Christianity is not a, a formula. It's not a philosophy. It's not a, here's how to improve your life. He said, no, it's about a person. It's about Jesus. It's learning Christ. Undoubtedly, in their training, they learned that to 
know Christ means to know him as a person, as a savior, as a king, as a teacher, and that they were to submit to him, that they were to bind themselves to Jesus, that they were to call him master and Lord and walk the way he told them to walk. That's not the way you learned Christ, he says. Do not live like a Gentile. Do not live in futility of your mind, alienated from God, hardness in heart, giving yourselves up to every sensuality and lust you can think of. That's not the way you learned Christ. Scholars have looked it up and determined that this statement, it's unparalleled in the ancient world. There were many teachings and many discoveries about uh, facts that we should follow somebody, you know, follow the teachings of Aristotle or Gamaliel or whoever it was, but no one had been told to learn someone, learn Christ. Certainly we learn about people, but here he's identifying the Christian life with a person. So what this statement points to is the fact that the Ephesian Christians weren't just asked to make a decision for Christ. You know, Paul didn't sweep into town and have mass evangelism rallies and and record all the professions on a piece of paper and then move on to the next ancient town. No, he stayed in Ephesus, the book of Acts says, for three years. And he taught them Christ. He discipled them. He instructed them in their walk. They went to Sunday school probably every day with Paul. And they learned the truths of Jesus. And they obviously grew in their faith. Because I've said before, Paul was with them for at least three years, the book of Acts tells us. And he loved them. He discipled them. He showed them to move beyond just merely giving lip service to Christianity, but to actually walk the walk. Here's how you live as a Christian. Here is how Christ has taught us. Here's how you learn Christ. And so Paul taught them the truth that is in Jesus. He taught them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So I ask you this morning, is Christianity to you about Jesus Christ? If you identify yourself as a Christian, do you say that I'm identifying myself with Christ? Do you, do you see at, at the center of our holy religion is not a philosophy? It's not about being good for goodness sake. Christianity is about a person. It's about the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, to to know him, to love him, to remember him, to remember how you were taught in him, to remember to love as he loved, to remember to walk as he walked, to apply the truths that he taught. Christianity is about Christ. This is how the Ephesians learned Christ. And so Paul says, remember your training. Remember how I taught you. Remember all those years your parents drug you to Sunday school. 
Remember all those catechisms that you, you memorized. Remember that simple little song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But this is the way you learned Christ. And so Paul very specifically taught them. And he taught them that becoming a Christian, it involves a radical change. You can't profess faith in Christ and it not change your life. Because in Christ, we are literally a new person now. We are a new creation. So that's the second thing. The Christian walk involves a new way of living. And this new way of living is a big, fancy theological word that we must know. It's called sanctification. Our children, this evening, many of our children are going through a communicants class, and and they're learning. Big word. Sanctification. What is sanctification? It's the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. That's how the Westminster Shorter Catechism defines it. And we must remember inevitably that our sanctification follows justification. Justification is that act of God's free grace where he forgives us of our sins and he accepts us as righteous in his sight not because of anything we've done, but because of what we read in 2 Corinthians this morning, 5.21, that our sin was put on him and his righteousness was given to us. And so we are justified. Justification is we are made righteous in God's sight. And once that happens, if you are in Christ, if you've been born again, a new creation you are. The old is gone. The new has come. Those whom God justifies, he also sanctifies. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, specifically in verses 22 and 24. This new way of living that you're called to is sanctification. Dying to sin and living to righteousness. If I could put it more simply, stop sinning and live holy. It is the call of the Christian life. It is the new way. He describes it here as putting off and putting on. I think these verses are some of the most practical Christian living verses in the entire Bible. Here they are. Here's the Christian life. Putting off and putting on. It is to put off unrighteousness. Put off sin. Put off all these things in verses 17 through 19. But to put on, he says, put on righteousness, put on holiness. This is what the Christian life looks like. This is how we're to live every day. Every day we're to, we're to put off our old self, our sinful self, our old ways, like a, like a filthy, rotten, nasty garment. We're to put it off. And yet we are to put on, the Bible describes it, this robe of white, clean righteousness. 
And so in verses 25 to the end of the chapter and even into verse into chapter 5 in Ephesians, we'll learn very, very practically what this looks like in, in very specific instances. Paul will, he will go through almost everything he can think of. Put this off, put this on. Put this off, put this on. And so here it is, here very practically in our everyday lives. We'll get into that next week. But he says something kind of odd and, and interesting. This is kind of Christian speak, Bible speak, that I didn't understand for the longest time. The ESV translation that are in the Bibles in the chairs, and some of you may have the NIV Bible translation, they have adopted the word self. It says to put off the old self and to put on the, the new self. This word self actually literally means man. And so if you're reading from an older Bible translation, it may say put off the old man and put on the new man. But the Bible translators have adopted this word to help us understand a little more how this practically applies to us in the Christian life. But this reference that the Apostle Paul uses here to the old man, to put off the old man, he's probably talking about the really old man. The first man. Children, does anybody know who the first man was? I've forgotten this morning. Anybody know? Who was the first man? He was the first God. <laughs> Who's the first man? Adam, that is right. You can talk when I ask you a question, just to make sure. Adam was. And Adam, he didn't live very holy and righteous for very long. He sinned. He disobeyed God. And so the Bible teaches us that sin came into the world, and we've all inherited it. We're all born in this world in Adam. We're all sinful by nature. And so we are to put off the old man in Adam. Because once we've been renewed by the Holy Spirit of God, once we have been changed by coming to Christ, we're given a new nature. We are a new man, a new self in Christ. He's the last Adam. He's the better Adam. He's the Holy One. And so the new man, the new self is in Christ. It is to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, Paul says. And so once more, we see again that when you become a Christian, you're called to walk differently. We're called to a different life. We cannot profess faith in Christ and it, it not change the way that we live in verses 17 through 19, these are not to be a description of your life if you have professed faith in Christ, if you're in Jesus. That's the, that's the old life. That's the life that reminds us that sin never satisfies. Sin cannot make you new. Sin promises so much, but it cannot deliver. That's not the way you learned Christ. Verses 20 through 24 are the new way. This is the life in Christ. This is the good life. I'm always struck by those words that we sang earlier in the hymn, Jesus, I, my cross have taken. And at the very end, our prayer 
will be changed to praise. That there will come a point in time when the new heavens and the new earth and Christ returns that we will no longer pray. We will only praise. And that is the good life that is offered in Christ. Notice, though, that Paul does not make unrealistic promises here. He does not describe this new life as easy. In no way is there any indication here that the Christian life is, is all roses. I'm here to tell you this morning, sanctification is hard. Dying to self is hard. Any of you who've gotten married know this. Any of you that have had children know this. The Christian life can be difficult because we want to worship ourselves. We want, we want everybody to glorify us. And so when we have to put off this old way of thinking, this selfish way, it hurts. It's hard. Because we're, we're not able right now to completely stop sinning. We have a lot of work to be done in us. There's a lot of dying to sin that must take place in our life. There's a lot of living to holiness. We, we are able not to sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can say no to ungodliness and yes to righteousness. But this is what the Christian life is this morning. I'm, I'm here to tell you. It's, it's putting off the old self. It's putting on the new self. It's, it's putting off the sinful ways and putting on the new righteous ways. But the Bible goes further here, doesn't it? For the longest time, I thought Christianity was just a moral religion, just a way to be good. But Christianity, I've learned, and I hope you'll learn now, it's not, it doesn't just say stop it. Just stop it. Be good. Stop it. That's morality. That's what moral people do. All moral morality does is just focus on the negative and say stop doing it that is the saying just be good for goodness sake but that way of life is not connected to christ at all christianity i'm so thankful for it says more than just stop it says more than stop the bible always says more than just stop it also says stop Yes, we stop doing certain things, but we start doing something. You must start living your life di differently by putting on something new. We put on the new self. We start living godly, like God. We, we put on righteousness and holiness. We, we pursue godly living, and that's why he'll say things like, stop, stop lying, but rather put on the truth. This is the, the new way of living. John Stott describes it as nothing less than putting off our old humanity like a rotten garment and putting on clean clothing, the new humanity recreated in God's image. That's the new way. Therefore, the new way of the Christian life can be described as putting off and putting on. 
a daily intentional way of Christian living. Stop putting off and start putting on. And so that leads us to the third thing here. The Christian walk involves daily renewing your mind. It involves daily renewing our minds. Verse 23. There again, one of those statements I read in the Bible and I thought, what does that mean? How do you do that? We put off the old self, our former way of life apart from Christ, which is corrupt and full of deceit and lies, and we are renewed in the spirit of our minds by filling our lives with the knowledge of the gospel and the word of God so that our minds and our lives are changed. Paul says elsewhere, very similarly to this in Romans 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is his good, acceptable, and perfect will. The Christian walk requires effort. The Christian life requires effort. You must do something. Godly living is, is intentional. Putting off and putting on is intentional. It's daily renewing our minds. So how do you do it? How do we renew our minds? We do it by daily going to the life-giving Word of God so that it influences our minds and our hearts and so that it changes us. You see, we, we put off the old man, we put off the sinful nature that is in Adam, and we've been given a new nature in Christ. But there's a sense in which this old man is still trying to cling to us. This old way is still trying to influence us. This old nature is still trying to corrupt us. That's called remaining sin that we must all battle with. But for the Christian, the Bible promises us this wonderful truth that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and also that sin is no longer our master. Sin no longer has dominion over the believer. We will still struggle with sin in this life until we reach the next, but sin is not our master. Christ is. And so we struggle and we battle against sin and the old man with the old nature. And we do so by daily renewing our minds. Renew your mind, Paul says. And brothers and sisters, the only way that I know how to tell you to do this is that you must be absolutely committed to personal worship. There it is. We have to be daily committed to personally worshiping God. Daily renewing our minds by worshiping the Lord with the gospel that we read about in His Word, in God's book, which contains the truth that is in Jesus Personal worship involves, yes, these things like reading your Bible, but more than that. Praying to God, pouring out your hearts before Him. 
And not just your requests, not just the things you need for the day, but maybe go to the Psalms. I, I, here you go. You need something to do. Take this bulletin home and use this call to worship, to pray to God, to worship Him. Maybe even sing a little bit to yourself. You know, if you roll up the windows in your car and you sing you worship going down the road, people just think you're talking on Bluetooth, so you're fine. And, and, and that brings up another point. What, what about in your car? Some of you drive 20, 30, 45 minutes every day. Could you use that time for some, for some worship? Maybe listening to God's word preached. Maybe listening to the scriptures. Personal worship can take place at 5 a.m. It can take place at 5 p.m. It can take place at the dinner table. It can take place on a walk. Anywhere. But we must be daily renewing our minds. This is how we live the new way. Do you see that this is vital for your Christian walk? You need it. You need it as much as you need to exercise and Maintain your health. You need it just as much as you need sleep. You need it as much as you need to brush your teeth. All the dentists can thank me for that one later. Uh, (laughs) Do you see, though, that what Paul is saying here, that personal worship is critical for putting off unrighteousness and putting on righteousness? The fact of the matter is that we're all filling our lives with something. Every day we're putting something into our minds and our hearts. We're reading news. We're watching TV. We're looking at social media. We're diving into our hobbies. But even worse, perhaps we're feeding our secret sins with filth. Perhaps instead of starving the old man, the old self, our corrupt nature, we're, we're feeding it with filth. We're giving in to our old nature and we're letting it creep back in because it promises so much. How do we do battle with this? We must fill our minds and our hearts with the truth, with God's truth, with the truth that is in Jesus by starving the remaining sin in our lives and giving strength to the new man. And that's another reason why we need to be here this morning together. We need to do this together. We need to be strengthened. And so we need to be pursuing righteousness and holiness by renewing our minds. Sanctification is not an option for a believer. It's the way we've learned Christ. What is true here for the church in Ephesus is true for us. It's true for all of time. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's our call to walk with him and to live for him and to pursue holiness and righteousness. This call to pursue righteousness and holiness, it's not just a good idea. It's it's the way to walk. It is the Christian walk. Jesus died 
so that we may no longer have to be dominated and mastered by the old man. He gave us a new self, a new creation we are. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 2.20. That is the gospel. That is the Christian life. The Son of God loved you. He gave himself up for you. And so the life you now live, put off the old self and put on the new self. May God help us to walk this way. Let's pray. Father, we, we need you. Oh, how we need you. Every hour we need you. Help us to see this new way. Help us to walk this way as the truth is in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Lord God, please strengthen us. Please help us to live this way. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.